Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. It is always really a privilege to have Professor Carol Ann Ben on the show. She is incredibly busy. You know, whenever I speak to um, cancer warriors who uh, have dealt with with Professor Ben, they only say the most incredible things. They regard her so highly that she has taken them on their journey and showed them that there is a light and helped them along the way. And so we really, really are very lucky to have this very busy woman on the show with us today. She's a fellow of the College of Surgeons of South Africa with a special interest in breast disease and her capacity as head of the Helen Joseph Breast Care Clinic at Helen Joseph Hospital proves her long career and her commitment to clinical excellence in this field of medical speciality. So, Professor Ben, welcome back. Um, It's great to have you on the show. Thank you so much. The privilege is mine. I always say... um whoever you speak to, if you just encourage people and talk to them about healthcare and healthcare, to really start by being a healthcare warrior, um, it helps you deal with any of the problems that you have to deal with regarding your health. So uh, my, my, my patients really inspire me because they are the true remarkable people. And I think as medical professionals, we must realize it's a service. It's about helping people teaching and medicine, healthcare, it's about helping people. Hmm. Phenomenal. Well, thank you for that, uh, Professor Ben. And you talk about, you know, you you are this healthcare warrior. And I started off saying, you know, we talk a lot about this early detection, how important it is. And I just find that, especially this time of the year with everything, you know, coming to an end, but there's so many other things we have to do. We're so in our heads And we only respond to acute pain or acute discomfort very often when it's gone really, really far. Um, And I I just thought it would be so important to focus on checking in, like just being aware, but not in terms of being neurotic, but really just checking in and knowing the body. Because the highlight here is that it's not only a lump that's the sign of breast cancer, right? There there are a whole lot of other um, um, warning signs that are out there. So maybe we can just start, um, Professor Ben, just looking at breast cancer in South Africa, because I know that the numbers are very high in this country. So I think you bring up such important comments. So firstly, it's not about do I have family history? Do I have risk? What we know is that 65% of all people who get breast cancer have no identifiable risk factors. We Mm. see young people. So whereas I'm no longer running the government clinic at Helen Joseph, I hop out in radiology there on a Wednesday morning. And yesterday, because we're setting up a massive new government unit in private, which is really going very well. But yesterday, when I was going over with the radiologist, you'd be surprised how many people we see youngsters with breast cancer in their 20s and their 30s. So I think we need to first make people aware the importance of knowing your body and examining your breast. Stand in front of the mirror, lift your arms to the side, feel your breast gently. I'm always surprised at how how with how firmly people press their breasts looking for lumps really think of it a bit like sweet corn jelly in a bowl just blot the tissue bounce it up and down quite gently and then you have a better idea 
of feeling for lumps. When you feel for glands in your armpit or lymph nodes, as some people understand them, relax your hand to the side and then you can feel that fat pad better. People make the mistake of lifting their arms above their head because that's what they see in the photographs and that's the position we, we, we place our arms when we do an ultrasound or a mammogram. So you want to know your norm. And you mentioned another important comment about it's not just about a lump. Absolutely. So look for changes on your nipple, particularly redness on the top of the nipple. If you have itchiness on the brown skin around the nipple, which is the areola, that is often eczema. It's not related to breast cancer, but particularly a red change on the top of the nipple or a leak on its own from the nipple are critical go and see someone for a checkup. And particularly if it's leaking on its own from the nipple, because the breast is just an organ for blondes. It is the only endocrine organ with no negative feedback. So if you squeeze the nipple, it will produce a fluid. But if it's leaking on its own, even if you have a normal mammogram and ultrasound, it can be a little growth in the duct. And we usually start by using either superban or a honey ointment on the nipple for a couple of weeks to see if it settles down. And if it doesn't, because it can be inflammation, then we, we do a high-resolution ultrasound and we look for little growths in the ducts. What can also happen is you can present with big, hard glands under your armpit, and then that comes to the next comment where everyone goes, oh, they missed my cancer on the mammogram or ultrasound. Now, remember, mammograms are currently the best screening we have to check breast, and screening is health economics. So... When you go for a mammogram and they check and they, they squash your breast between those two plates, you are if your breast tissue is dense, it's harder to see things on the mammogram, which is why we do an ultrasound as well. And an ultrasound is like Binox. It checks very, very carefully the breast tissue. And I'm a great believer. I say to people, do not rush in. Do not rush into biopsies. Do not rush in, particularly into surgeries. The amount of times I see people quick, the doctor told me it's a cancer and I need a biopsy today or surgery tomorrow. No, you take time, you take your discs, you go for a second opinion, you work out all the options, you take a friend to appointment. Breast cancer does not jump around the breast in 24 hours. At this time of year where we should be reflecting and planning, planning for the next year, reflecting on our past year and giving gratitude and enjoying um, a, a nice break what we must reflect on is how we can do things better next year but also understand the costing around things so you don't want to land up with a 14,000 rand needle biopsy of something that's not a cancer that means now you can no longer go on your December holiday because it has you have to pay cash for it because it's not covered by your medical aid so take time work out all the options I know um, I'm a bit of a Grinch in that I never close over December. We always have people available. I myself, even if I am away, I'm available for telephonic calls every single day because I understand the anxiety around healthcare. It's not around healthcare being action quickly. It's about anxiety because people go and suddenly it's now what and what do I do? And they get panicked and they rush in. That's why these programs are so important. Wow, Professor Ben, hearing you speak like that. I mean, I, I'm, you know, it, it's so calming and it's so reassuring to hear you say this. Um, 
I've I've had cancer warriors who've come on and um and they have a lot of regret because they felt that they were rushed and pressurized into very specific treatments. So I want to, if you don't mind, I just want to move in that direction. We've got so much to cover, but this idea of not having to act quickly, having time to go for a second opinion, take someone with. Let, let's just talk a little bit more about that because I think it's really important. This idea that there's there could be cancer and we need to act very, very fast becomes almost like a deciding factor. Yeah. So I don't know. I see we're going to add break. And then after our ad break, I will answer all those amazing questions. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Well, welcome back to the DL Link Show. I have Professor Carol and Ben on the show today. We're so appreciative that Professor Ben has taken time to talk about breast cancer, uh, bringing awareness to really very, very important points. Um, breast cancer is one of the most common forms of cancer for South African women of all races. And there is a lifetime risk of one in 27. So the risk for breast cancer increases usually as a person gets older. However, as Professor Ben just said, you know, many women under the age of 40 have been diagnosed with breast cancer. And we've been highlighting a particular point, um, Professor Ben talking about not having to rush, not having to uh, rather going for a second opinion. And I've just said, we want to really look at this because people have this idea, oh my goodness, if there's something there, we have to do something about it now. And often decisions are made that could be regretted later on. Professor Ben, over to you. So I think, um, thank you so much. And so, so what is important is multidisciplinary care around people today. And that doesn't just involve doctors. It involves um, allied navigation, prehab and rehab. We have um, a complementary, I was just talking to people about, and I loved your advert around oxygen, complementary. It's about holistic healthcare. It's about understanding it's about the person, not about the breast and not about the disease. So what happens is where people hear the word cancer and we know that cancer knows no bounds in terms of age, race or sex. So what happens is people suddenly get told there's something on your mammogram, you need a biopsy instead of saying, okay, but I'm going to be away in December and I'm going to address this in January. And um, I just want my discs so I can go over all the options or someone goes, quickly rushing you to a surgeon. I've just done a response now. Someone who was rushed into surgery who's really ill and old in another town, and it's not necessary to do that. So what you want to do is weigh up all the pros and cons, make sure, and when I mean multidisciplinary, I mean robust. I had a meeting two weeks ago with Discovery where they want to get, because our MDM is accredited, ways of going forward because people go to say we're going to discuss you in a multidisciplinary team and it's really about doctors self-referring into one another when your radiologist says to you you must go to the surgeon and you must go to this I will always say we work with anyone because it's about the patient it's about the person who has the disease understanding all their options so someone can come see me and say I want to go for a second opinion and we'll say fabulous off you go just make sure you give feedback you've got support you understanding your options because treatment is what we call de-escalating today we are getting better and better at managing cancers that's why your starting point 
of a screen and check early is so important because 95% of people are then alive and well 10 years down the line. But with that, you know that you need less, less treatment. We can take, take some little old ladies and we can freeze their cancers. We don't even need to operate. We can give people hormonal treatment. We don't need, we have people who don't need chemos today. We can do genetic profiling and work out that you, even if the cancer's in the gland, don't need chemotherapy. We um, have got studies on vaccines for cancers. They are such amazing breakthroughs. Radiation in theater, small little procedures. Those are all important things that the patient or the person in their family must understand before starting down a journey that you possibly can't reverse once you're halfway down. Mm-hmm. Professor Ben, you talk about this multidisciplinary team um, and then yes. you choose, you know, which doctors you want to work with. Being diagnosed yes. is so overwhelming. Yes. Um, it's such a shock to the system. How does one go about putting together the right team? So so I've got a new more than welcome for any of my handouts. So I, I write um, extensively. So I've written one on ghostbusting oncology. So I've written one on 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 what's up doc, which is your doctor, how you choose the right doctors in terms of how they speak to you, the information, the access and awareness. And then the multidisciplinary team environment, for example, we have 35 specialists local and international in our multidisciplinary as well as allied allied healthcare. And it's not um, unreasonable. People will access into me, someone did last night, little old lady in Cape Town, I said, of course, I will discuss it on Tuesday in the meeting and feedback. So it doesn't necessarily mean that if you are sitting somewhere outside of Joburg, you can't access good care. We need to ensure that care is, is medicine is about comprehensive and equal care for all people, irrespective of medical aids or not. So, so patients need to make sure that they're asking their doctors, have you discussed me in a multidisciplinary team? What is the feedback I'm getting? Who's on the team? Because if it's four doctors on the team, then it's a tea party. Or if it's eight doctors, then it's a tea party. It's I refer to you, you refer to me. If there needs to be enough people from different disciplines, different hospital groups, across, so that you know that you're getting the best options available. Because then everyone is not just referring into the same local system and today most people don't need mastectomies even if you've got genetics if you've been diagnosed with a cancer treat the cancer you can deal with risk issues later so most times we say breast saving small procedures safe procedures healthy happy people I'm sure there's so many people right now, Professor Ben, who are saying, please, we would love to see this ghostbusting oncology, WhatsApp doc, have access to your information. Um, Can we, okay, is is there a place that they can go to to get it? I mean, you'll send it to me, but but people listening, is there a go-to place? So what I I will do is I've I've got it as multiple handouts, but I will get... um, one of the youngsters to load it up onto our website, all the handouts so people can access them. Amazing. Directly. Amazing. And what is the website? Now you're asking. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's um the BCCE web- website, Breast Care okay. Center of Excellence. I will I will lo- open my phone. You'll get there. Yeah. And oh, fantastic. Yeah, as non-techno people, we just 
like people. <laughs> no, no, and oh. you're right. You've got to do what you do and let the other people do what they Absolutely. do. But, but I love, Absolutely. Professor Ben, what you're saying. And I think that this idea of having the choice and having the power and knowing that you don't have to be rushing into things, it's it's so important. And I love what you've said. There is one more thing I do just want to ask you before you do go. And maybe there's something that you still want to say. You mentioned a lot of youngsters now who are being diagnosed with breast cancer, women in their 20s and 30s. And I want to ask you, I see quite a few women who put their cell phones in their bras. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I, I know that the, you know, there's the, you know, the jury, the jury is still out. But in terms of that, I mean, do you do you think there could be an increase because of that? So um, there's, it's not one thing. So I think um, I always say to people, just be sensible and safe about everything. What you eat, keep your BMI down over 25, exercise regularly. That's probably the best cancer preventative data. There, there's not a lot of proven stuff that says you shouldn't put your 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 phone in your bra or you should. We definitely know it's not underwired bras. We definitely know it's not your deodorant. I think. Um, if you have kept your phone in your bra and you get a cancer, it's not that alone that's causing yeah, it. No. Because mm. cells are, are are born, they have baby cells, and during their, their change, I think stressors play a huge role, which goes back to what you said at the start. The amount of times I see people who, my husband died, this happened, and they have had a trauma in their lives, and then they get cancers. I cannot cannot tell you how often I see that so it's a very unscientific but I do think like when someone steps behind you and goes boo and you get a fright and then your adrenaline goes and then you're exhausted after the next five minutes I think the same thing and this is a really simple explanation is happening at a cell level and that makes it um quite um hard for for our cells to adjust to it and and that's when these little abnormal cells grow Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've heard that. Professor Ben, thank you. Is there anything else? I mean, it's such a vast topic, but you have given us so much. Is there anything else that you want to mention to our audience right now with regards to breast cancer? So I think what we want to do is demystify. So what do you want to do? You want to exercise, you want to live healthy as best as possible. You want to screen, you want to know your norm. And if heaven forbid you find something, collect a team of people around you to help guide you pick your doctors carefully choose your treatment because it's your body you need control over your body no matter what you're going through Professor Ben, thank you for your time. Thank you for your incredible work. We so appreciate it. Please get that youngster to upload all that information on that website so our our audience can have access to it. You're fantastic. Thank you so much. Many blessings. Take care now. And you too. Bye-bye. Professor Carol Ann Ben, Fellow of the College of Surgeons of South Africa with a special interest in breast disease. And uh, she was head of the Helen Joseph Breast Care Clinic at the Helen Joseph Hospital. Um, Professor Ben said she goes in um, for radiology. And I know that she's looking at something private um, at this unit, which is doing incredibly well. Um, And just, just, you know, anybody who's ever dealt with Professor Ben, they just cannot say nice enough things about this woman. And I think you just got a sense of how incredible she is, how, um, yeah, just reassuring she is and her advice. And 
And also what she said about trauma and shock, we just need to be so aware of ourselves, really checking in, like, how are we feeling? How do things feel? How, what are the stress levels like? And how can I deal with my stress? This feeling of unease, this feeling of overwhelm, what can I do with it? Do I want to live with it all the time? Is it good for myself? Or can I find a way? So as Professor Ben said, you know, are you exercising? Look at people um, with meditation and look at yoga and then we've spoken about so many other incredible complementary treatments like tray that's this tremoring you know working with trauma and I think we perhaps need to focus a bit more you know we've all dealt with huge traumas and what are some complementary ways of dealing with this trauma and there's lots with body talk and all sorts of tapping and and maybe we can cover that as well because as professor ben said this is your body this is your the one body you have and we want really to live active vital happy wonderful lives and not in fear and trapped in this very stressful cycle Wow, I think she was amazing. Okay, we will um, we will try and bring you information with regards to that website she mentioned, BCCE. I'll, I'll see if I can get that information for you.